0: Welcome to another episode of the Sideline Junkies Podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to follow and like the Sideline Junkies Podcast on social media. Links for those social media accounts can be found in the description of this video. Now let's take you to your hosts, Matt Turner and Todd
1: Polston. Welcome to episode 13 of the Sideline Junkies Podcast. I'm Matt Turner, joined as always by Todd Polston. Uh, Today we're going to just talk a little bit about nothing about current sports uh, so much as uh, we're gonna foreshadow a few things and give our opinions on uh, Hall of Fame and for baseball and uh, then we're gonna introduce a new segment uh, that Toddy kind of threw on us which I think is gonna is gonna be a big hit Uh, but before we get started of course we're gonna need that Tiger stat of the day Okay, so here's a pretty good one I got for today. Um,
0: since 1983, there's only been one golfer ever bogey the first three holes of a tournament and go on to win. And, of course, that was Tiger Woods. Okay? In that span, there have been 800 players do this, which is bogey the first three holes. Only 16 of those have even went on to finish in the top ten. <laughs> so – now, I don't know the, the full stats on how many times he's done this, but I know he's won it, doing it. But I feel like that's pretty crazy, saying it's happened 800 times. There's only been 16, you know, actually finishing the top ten, and he's actually won doing that. And I'm almost paused. I'm pretty sure he won the, 0- the 08 Open, um, U.S. Open. I think he double bogeyed the first hole at least three of the first four days, maybe all four days that year okay. at Tory Pines.
1: Now we're saying so bogey, bogey the first hole of the whole tournament, right? He's bogey in the first three. First three, okay.
0: So, so I'm assuming that's the first round they bogey yeah. the first three great holes
1: and go on to win. Okay, that's, so. yeah, that's
0: what I meant. So I think that's a pretty crazy stat.
1: Yeah, it is pretty crazy. I
0: actually never even heard of that one until uh, this morning. So Who gave it I was you, pretty man? eager to share that one. Huh? Wagers give you this one? Did not give it to me. Thank God, I don't have to give him any credit today. So no, I did not get it from wages today. <laughs> oh man! So, how would you shoot yesterday? Actually, I played great, man. I feel like did my you? golf game made a little comeback. I think I shot seventy the first eighteen. Uh, then we played nine extra. Uh, Try to let Gummy and Terp win some money back, but I think I have lost. I don't think I've won a game since like two thousand eighteen. So. I finally won fifteen bucks yesterday off Gummy an and Tarp. Who your partner? Me and Hig
1: played pretty good. It was me and Hig. Okay, we both played pretty good. So, so, and you all explain your all's rules because you all play y'all play a little money game, a little money game. But y'all have some interesting ways of how you can bet money. Right, we cap it off
0: at twenty because okay. it used to get a little crazy. They said back in the day, <laughs> um, so it's capped at twenty. Uh, you know everything. It's low ball, low toe, so Everything's a point. Um, you get two in air presses. So like I would get one, and if my partner was Higgy, he would get one. But you only get one per 18 holes. So you know, let's say Tur hits one out of bounds. While we know his ball is flying out of bounds, we can press it in air. Which means, if the press was at five, it now goes to six. And if Higgy does it two in air, press go from five to seven. So it's kind of a way, if you're behind, it's kind of a good way to, you know, you can help yourself make a comeback.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: the, our whole game kind of comes down to uh, the last three holes usually. It's usually always close. Um, you know, depend, usually we're ahead. You know, gum and try to pick the back nine, which has one par five. And if we're behind, me and Higgy usually pick the three par fives in the front to give myself a little bit of advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh it's fun, man. It's a lot of fun. It's you know, it, it brings a little bit of you know, a little competitiveness to the game. It's not just going out and hitting the ball around. You know, there's a little bit of money involved and it gets pretty tight, man. It was a pretty close game yesterday. I actually missed I had a chance to really put him away on the uh on the twenty first hole. I missed about a literally about a foot and a half foot putt for Birdie on number three. They hmm. didn't give it to me. <laughs> I got a little I got a little cocky. I was talking a little trash to turp. I walked up, tried to do a little nonchalant horseshoe on me, um, but we were lucky enough. We went on to win a couple more holes, so we ended up taking fifteen dollars from him yesterday.
1: That's good. I I played yesterday too. I didn't get to take any money, uh, and honestly, couldn't even tell you what I shot. But I do know I beat my buddy. Uh, I won by nine strokes. That's a good win. Well, I put the I put the 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 whooping on him on the second. You know, on the back nine, I was only up one going into the back nine, and he just Fell apart and I fell apart, but not nearly as bad. <laughs> <laughs> so it worked out good for me. You were just able to hang on better? Yeah, barely. But he, like his also, like he did it consecutive holes. Like I kind of spaced mine out. His problem was he did like three or four straight holes. It was just really bad putting. Yeah, i uh, will get you. Yeah, and I, I didn't. I made it yeah. a bogey. He was getting a, he got a triple because he three putted, which was kind of funny. Been there. Sucks. Awful feeling. Nothing worse than three-putting. I know. It's especially, I think he had one where he could have birdied. It was a par three. He actually had the best uh, shot off the tee It had the whole day. Uh, and then ended up three-putting because he missed the birdie putt. He was so mad. He just swung. I don't, th- I don't even think he cared about the par putt. Missed it. <laughs> and I had to stop him before. Because he, he probably would have 4 putt if I didn't stop him and putt between. Uh, he definitely would have 4 it, so. But, no, I've been there. Yeah. I've been there. But, but yesterday, it was, it was a nice day. I don't know how it was for you all over there. We, you know, we played uh, at Quill Chase. It was real nice. I know we talked about it yesterday. I
0: never, I never played there. I've been, I'm anxious to play there. Now you said it's a pretty nice course, so.
1: It is. They have uh, three courses, three sets of nines. You have the east course, the west course, and the south course. We played the east and west, and – the east course is beautiful i love the east course um yeah if you have time if you have enough time to play try to play all three in one day you'll have a blast always got that's, time yeah <laughs> says the man with the new board I always got time for 27 <laughs> oh man all right but it so, no, was beautiful it was a beautiful day yesterday yeah that's, that's what i'm saying I, you know i can i contemplated playing today too i was gonna go uh I'd never heard of this course. It's Eagle Creek. It's in LaGrange. I think I've heard it. of it. See, I didn't. Chelsea found it because there's one. There's an Eagle Creek or something like that in Ohio where you can drive, like, these motorcycle golf carts.
0: Sounds fun. Dangerous.
1: It's, it's very intriguing. I I'm, I was intrigued. But when I typed it in, the first Eagle Creek it came up with was LaGrange. I was like, oh, I've never heard of this. I'll go try to play it. Uh, But we're leaving for Florida tomorrow, so I'd I'd rather save my money and just go play down there.
0: I know he's going to – I'm so jealous. I know he's going to Florida.
1: We're going just south of Sarasota, I think. Uh,
0: Make sure you quarantine yourself when you come back.
1: Yeah, that's the plan. I'm going to quarantine myself on the golf course. (laughs) So. That's funny. All right, so we – you brought up this topic, and and it was intriguing because it's a tough pick. Very. Very tough. And it was, what's the most impressive, like, record, more or less? It was Tiger Woods' uh, Tiger Slam. Mm -hmm. Uh, Michael Phelps' medals, his gold medals, and just his uh, his dominance. Like 21,
0: right, or 20-some? It's 20-some, yeah.
1: Um, And then it was Michael Jordan 6-for-6 in the finals. We also, you were kind of on the edge. You threw in um, Floyd Mayweather's 50-0 or whatever it is now, uh, yep. undefeated record. We kind of moved that to the side because I think, you know, it's, it's a lot easier when you can pick some of your fights, especially later on in your career. You can pick guaranteed yes. wins yep. uh, versus, you know, you're playing against – you really don't get to choose who you play against in golf. You don't really get yep. to choose who you play against in the Olympics. You know you're going against the best. And yep. in a team sport, you don't get to choose who you play against in the final. Nope. So, we kind, of, we kind of eliminated that one because he did get to, you know, hand pick who he wanted to fight later in his career. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Which one are you picking? I'll be honest with you. Since the
0: day I told you about this, I honestly don't have a definitive answer to to what I think is the greatest one. I really don't. Um, I I'm probably going to lean towards the Tiger Slam because of, you know, Tiger. I just think that's, to me, I've always said this, I think that's going to be the greatest accomplishment in sports. I mean, it's, it's, if you think about how many people he had to beat, how he done it in a year span, holding off for him, I mean, it's, just, it's so hard to – nobody will ever do that again kind yeah. of thing. But I also, here's why I have a problem with this. I don't think anybody will ever go six for six again. Yeah. In the final. And I don't think anybody's ever going to touch Phelps's medals, especially in swimming. Yeah. So that's why I'm so hard to pick, is because I think it's three things that may never be, I guess you so called say, broken, you know, or, uh, you know, kind of taken away from them. Um, Yeah. But I, you know, if I had, to, if if you're if you're making me pick, I'm going with the Tiger Slam because I just think that's, like I said, I think that's, I. It's just so hard for me to believe that'll ever. That there'll ever be a greater accomplishment in that sport. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there could be other greater accomplishments maybe in basketball, per se. You know, than six for six. Maybe I don't. You know, I don't know how to really break that down, but. I mean, that's probably, you know, he's the GOAT, you know. So, um, and Phelps winning all those gold medals is is nuts. I mean, I remember watching that every single night. Um, Yeah. it, It was, you know, captivating. The whole world was watching kind of thing. And so I think there are three great, great picks for, you know, the greatest kind of sports, you know, trophy awards or
1: whatever you call it of all time. I agree. Um, I'm going to have to go with Phelps. Okay. And the reason why, um, you know, I'm sitting here looking at kind of how it broke down for him. He's won 23 gold medals, mm-hmm. three silvers, and two bronze. And this is, you in, know, in he won his two bronze back in uh, 2004 at Athens. Right. Which was when he first started. Yes, which was his first Olympics. He also won Six golds that year. Okay, and then the following Olympics in '08, he won. It looks like eight, one, two, three, four, eight gold medals. So I'm gonna, and I'm gonna assume it, it gives everything he competed in. So yeah. that means he won gold in every single event. Yes, I think there for I think for maybe two years he won every event.
0: Possibly, I'm not sure. Don't quote me for sure on that. But I know one year for sure he did. So I want to go
1: in every event. That was in 2008. Then you go to 2012, he won four goals, two silvers. And in 2016, he won five goals, one silver. And this is, I mean, here's why I think his is the most impressive. You only get to do this once every four years. Mm-hmm. And the normal span for most Olympic athletes is mm-hmm. to be at the peak is usually only two Olympics because mm-hmm. that's eight years. He did it over, what, 16? And there was mm-hmm. even talks that he may compete in 2020. Yes. I agree. I, just, I think that's the, the impressive part to me. The reason why I picked him was because he he only got to compete for a gold medal at the Olympics once every four years. Mm-hmm. So, for me, for him to have won as much as he did, um, you know, that's the impressive part to me. They said Jordan, Jordan's six for six. That, by itself, is impressive. But yeah. – I feel like a lot – in a team sport, there's just so many things that play into that. Yep, versus, I agree. That's why I think that would be third. I would
0: actually – I mean, I was going to agree with that. I think Jordan's actual six for six
1: on this list would be third in my – Yeah. In my opinion. And and the reason why is because it's a team sport. That's why I would yep. put it third. Yeah. You know, when you're talking – you're talking just one, one person's feet, his – I just think it's hard to not pick between Tiger and Phelps because it's just one person. Yep. So – um, I
0: totally agree with both of those.
1: Yeah, but I like it's it's if Tiger can surpass the other records that he quote unquote needs to surpass mm-hmm. uh, to you know to overtake the you know those leaders all time. Right. Is he, is he all time win yet, or is he tied? Tied. tied? tied. Okay, so he needs to get one more, uh, yep. and he's what one or two behind Jack for majors. Three, three. three? Okay, so. You know, I mean, we already consider him the greatest golfer of all time, and he, right. he hasn't surpassed those. Um, so, I just – like I said, it I would pick between them two, and I think it's – you could also make an argument it's easy to do 1A, 1B. Mm-hmm. But uh, – I agree. In the fairness of the topic, I have to go with Phelps is one, Tigers two, and then Jordan being third.
0: Yeah, man, I totally agree, man. That's some great points. I mean, I I can't argue – you know, as much as I want to argue that Tiger is the best here, I mean, I, you know, I, Phelps' accomplishments are, uh, well, like you said, they're, nobody's ever done it. I mean, and to me, I don't think over four years, nobody will have a better Olympic stretch than what he had.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, and I don't think – the thing is, we're talking about three of the greatest to ever do, do it at their sport and, and at the level they right. did it. We'll never see somebody surpass any of those yeah I agree not I mean if we do, it'll be a long time coming um you know Tigers, I don't think tiger's are never gonna be surpassed you know maybe, i you know, I, just, I don't see the way especially with the talent pool now, there's just so much talent there's a lot of uh um uh, parody in it i I would say if any of them was ever come true, it's more likely it'd be basketball just because you've seen what the warriors did, yeah, they loaded up i mean there there would be uh, to feed into our next segment, an asterisk next to it because you just load a bunch of talent on one team and go win.
0: Well, yeah, if they hadn't, I mean, if they hadn't blown the 3 1 lead, I mean, you're talking about them easily potentially winning six in a row or, I mean, that, or whatever, that would four, right? If you win that I don't one, I think so.
1: It's they would have won four in a
0: row. Yeah. So, I mean, like you said, I think that, I don't want to say easy is the word, but of those yeah. three, I think that's the easiest of the three to ever do. And I will say, before we move to the next seven, there was two more I, I, I kind of thought about, but I couldn't really put them in the category. I think Usain Bolt's run mm-hmm. um, is one of the greatest things. And I, and I tell you, I, I really was torn on, I think, Roger Federer's dominance um, for that long stretch he had there. I mean, he's the all-time major winner still. I know Djokovic and Nadal are close, but, man, there was no better, athlete or player on the planet for a long time than, you know, Federer was. I mean, he dominated TV and dominated. I mean, he made tennis kind of, you know, huge again, I guess mm-hmm. you would say. Um, I remember I, I never missed a match when he was in the finals. Him and Nadal, you know, and all that yeah. stuff. So, those were two other ones I, I kind of thought about, too, after we dropped the Mayweather um, topic, too. So
1: Yeah. And with that, I mean, I remember watching – it's kind of like you said, like whenever Federer was in a in a finals, or especially whenever he was like late in a tournament, and it was yeah. him and the doll, you didn't. Yeah. I mean, you used, that's a must see TV, and you always felt oh, yeah. like, I mean, they didn't always end up uh, on the side of the bracket which would allow them to right. play in the finals, but that that was always the best match because those it were was a show. It was yeah, always they, a show, man. They went back, and and I felt like, you know, you could easily make the argument that if it wasn't for Federer, you could put Nadal in, in that, you know, in that. Bracket of like he's one of the you know he might be one of the great more dominant oh, no ones doubt. of his yeah I feel like Federer kind of kept him from a few so yeah um, I agree but yeah no that's a that's a good one too you know his his dominance for the time he was doing it at the highest level I mean he's, even when he was you know not number one in the world um yeah he was still really good really entertaining to watch and I and this coming from somebody who hates tennis yeah. But when those two played, it was just a it was a thing of beauty. He, he loved to yeah, watch. watch yeah. yeah, so I agree. Um, but like we said, the the asterisk is kind of leading into this our next segment, next segments. I would say, um, you know, ESPN's got that uh, summer of '98, Sammy and Martin McGuire mm-hmm. uh, coming out here. I guess it's next weekend. Yep, sixteenth. I think sixteenth. Okay. I think that's what it is. Okay, so next weekend or the weekend after, whichever one. But, you know, we were both – I mean, we were both kids um, when that happened. And it was – I mean, granted, that was some of the best uh, times of baseball for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I watched some – there was an analyst on TV. I was watching one of the Korean baseball games, and they just happened to be talking about it. And, uh, you know, she said it was probably the only time in sports that they would cut from an actual – either another sporting event or from, you know, scheduled, uh, yes, ESPN stuff, to just watch one of them take batting practice. Yeah. So well, you never
0: uh, miss an bat. If if they weren't even on TV, they always showed every at bat, no matter did. if you were watching a game or, or anything else. And which was like that was like what I was going to lead into. You saying that that was uh, that made it so special, man, because you never missed, um, any at bat of them all year long and. That made it so much, you know, so much cooler to watch.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I remember because you you would get it on, was it, WGN? WGN, yep. WGN, you get every – every almost. I think it was both games, right? WGN, yeah. they pick, they picked up a lot of Cardinals games every now and then. They did, but
0: you always got to watch every Cubs and White Sox game for sure.
1: Yeah, you never missed – you definitely never missed either one of those. But, um, you know, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I personally was
0: a Sammy guy. I will, I'm a Cubs fan. So, I'll, Sammy's one of my all-time
1: favorites. So, did you um, I love Did you have any issue with finding out that it was steroids?
0: Well, I mean, I guess, you know, it's kind of one of and it's the same discussion we'll have when we talk about Barry Bonds later on the show. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a believer that, yes, I'm – you know, it's cheating, blah, blah, blah. I get all that. But, man, you still got to be able to hit a baseball. It's not – steroids don't make, you know – me a major league baseball player
1: mm-hmm.
0: they don't make you tiger woods i mean yeah. i'm just that's do they help empower obviously yes i'm sure it's hand eye all that stuff but you still got to have the ability i mean his ability to play baseball is one of those less than one percent of what all i mean he's one of the best baseball players ever played kind of thing you know what i'm saying so yeah. i mean yeah i mean i'm sure it i guess you know stung you know a little bit of his you know his great years he had there but you know to me um what it maybe do help him hit five more home runs I mean that's what I'm in the grand scheme of things but how many did it really make him help I think he hit 40 or 50 you know a couple of years before or leading up to that year so I mean he could have been doing steroids into I don't know but um you still gotta be able hit a baseball coming at 95 96 98 100 miles. you know I mean yeah let's be real you still gotta have that less than 1% of what all those baseball players actually have to make it in the major
1: league. I 100% agree. I was, you know, I'm one of those, the most most enjoyable part about it was we want to see home runs. No doubt. That's what I mean. Let's be honest. You know, watching a pitcher, now unless you're a pitcher and you appreciate the, you know, the beauty of a, a perfect game, Nobody yeah. really wants to go to a baseball game and watch a guy throw a no hit. It's a great thing, but it's boring as a fan. Fans go to games because they want to see people hitting, hitting shots out to the you know, McCovey Cove. Well, no doubt. You no know doubt. what I mean? So, for me, I don't think it really bothered me as much because at the end of the day when he got caught, I was like, well, he's not the only one doing it. So let's, yeah,
0: that's a other point, too.
1: Yeah, you know, because Mark was doing it, he was doing it. There was more, yeah. you know, there was more guys in the bigs, I would say, doing it than there wasn't. Yeah. So. And I'll
0: say, you know, the one guy that I think actually hurt me worse than any of them was Palmero. Rafael Palmero from the Orioles. I always thought he was one of those. Clean cut. He always seemed like one of those guys that were by the book. He would have been one of those guys and never would have believed what I done it.
1: kind well, of thing. I mean, even when they took him into uh, to Congress, he made sure to give you the point. Yeah. I have never. You <laughs> yeah. know.
0: Oh, I know. So even actually for me, he was more disappointing than, you know, to me that would have been like, um, you know, Cal Ripken or, yeah. you know, somebody along those lines. Um, that's kind of how I looked at Palmero. I was a big fan of him. Um, he was a great player. But, again, I don't want to take away from what he's done because he, dug, you know, took steroids. But he's just one of those guys I never thought.
1: I would have put in that, you know, that picture of, you know, a steroid taker. Yeah. So, ultimately, for me, it was, you know, it was one of those, I couldn't be upset when so many guys were doing it and the MLB was doing a bad job of policing it. Yeah. So no doubt. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it sucked seeing some of your childhood heroes get busted for doing it. Yeah. But they got busted towards the end of their career once they tried. I mean, it wasn't like they got busted early or w- during these great runs. You know, they started getting pulled into to Congress to talk about it after some of them had retired or some of them were in right. the, I'm just hanging on by a thread years. Yeah. So. Trying to find more into it. Then. Yeah. And, and, you know, you make the argument that there's rumors that pitchers are, you know, on ceremonies yeah. mean, now. Pitchers do it too, man. Yeah. You Most know, people do it. Air position so – but nobody says anything about pitchers because it's pitchers. Yeah. It, yeah. That's – you know, they want to get the guys who are – they feel cheating the game because they're hitting too many home runs. Yeah. They don't really get the guys – they don't go after guys who are getting 19, 20-something wins a year. Yeah. You know. So, but, you know, that, and like I said, this all leads into the asterisk. Well, well before you say this, i want to say,
0: you know, this is what people always ask me. And this is kind of how I look at it. I think it's a pretty good point. People always say to me, well – you know, Tiger cheating on his wife, you know, Tiger's a drug head, you know, he got pulled over. And I said, well, here's the point, you know, it's, it's not that I condone what Tiger done in his personal life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's what Tiger does on the golf course. That's why I like Tiger. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So for me to, you know, justify what, you know, Sammy and Mark did, you know, on the field, um, it's like you said, I think kind of everybody was doing it type thing. And it doesn't take away what, They've done playing baseball because, like I said earlier, you can't steroids don't make you a 300 hitter and a you know,
1: a hall of famer.
0: I'm just you got to have that special, there's a special talent that it takes to be that high level of any athlete at any sport, steroids or not.
1: I agree. And then, you know, the thing with you know, like you just said, Tiger Woods, he was doing stuff off the course that didn't change how he played on the course. No, I agree. Um, and I don't, you, you could bring everybody's personal life into any, any argument. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you're willing to open that door, make sure that the door that they're going to open on you isn't, you know, doesn't have some bad skeletons behind it as well. Yeah. You, know, Great Great you know, point. because a lot of people who want to complain about, oh, they did this, they cheated this way. They did this and this. Don't want to talk about the stuff that they do in their personal life, just because they're not. Professional athletes say, "Like, oh well, my yep. stuff doesn't matter. You know, we're all yeah. human. We all make, we all have done something stupid. Yep. No different, no matter what it is. So when people are like, oh well, Tiger cheating on his wife. Okay, there's quite a few people have cheated on their spouse. Yeah, are, are we judging them the same way? So yeah, no, I agree, of, great, that's a great point. Yeah, that's kind of always been my thought process on it. Yeah. So, but uh, you know, like we said earlier, the the asterisk, which they put an asterisk next to uh you know a lot of the guys from the nineties um mm-hmm. because of that and one of the ones that has kind of it's he's got an asterisk now and it's he's been pretty much blackballed from baseball yep. is Barry Bonds. Mm-hmm. And his is for performance based. They've also the other name we brought up was Pete Rose, who's mm-hmm. been blackballed because he bet on games. Yep. Now my opinion on it Everything I've heard and read and have watched and listened to says that Pete Rose never bet on his team to lose. So he didn't throw games. Um, did he bet on games when he was playing?
0: I'm not sure the whole dynamic of it. I would assume that he might have possibly. Yeah. That's all just hearsay by me. I don't know if that's true or not, but, um, I would say he probably did at some point, maybe.
1: Yeah. But but I think – and what he's he's always, you know, stood by was – It's never, always been about him coaching, I think, was yeah. the bigger. And, but he's always said that he bet on his team to win. He took the yeah. – his bets were for his team to come out as the winning team. Yep. So, um, you know, and you look at it and you're – the thing that blows my mind is if he's not doing – if he's not throwing games – you know, trying to make his team lose to benefit from. Uh, why are we keeping him out? He's never lied about it. Yep. Nope. After he got caught, he never lied and said, oh, I didn't do it. He's like, yeah, I've done it. This is what I did. Um, you know, why is he being kept out? At this point, I think, you know, the the MLB in the, in the Hall of Fame acts as if it's um, we're going to – keep somebody out for reasons outside of their performance. Right. And Don't you go to the Hall of Fame based on performance? Yeah, I mean, I, I have
0: – when you hear my point, it'll be just along the same lines as what you're going here. Well, um, I totally agree. Well, how do you feel about it? Well, I mean, I look at it this way, man. Pete Rose is the, probably one of the greatest hitters, if not the greatest hitter of all time, the most hits. Um, you go to the Hall of Fame because you're a player. If you don't want to put him in there because of a coach and what he did as a coach, that's fine. But in my eyes, he's one of the top five greatest baseball players ever, probably for sure top ten. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, how can he not be in the Hall of Fame? Like, it's time. We're to the point now. Okay, you've, you've proven your point that he cheated, whatever, with betting on games. Who cares? Like, put him in there for his 4,000 hits, if anything. Um, that's just kind of how I see that. I mean, if you're going to nitpick every little thing that somebody does, um, I mean, he's a, great, he's a great player. That's what you put him in the Hall of Fame for. It's not because he bet on his team to win when he was coaching. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of how I look at it. And with Barry, I look at it the same way. I mean, to me, as far as I'm – the understanding is, he's never admitted or ever been proven to take steroids, right? This is all just – because he was in that era right
1: i mean he's never actually been proven he's he's it's never been proven he's taken he's never failed a drug test it's based on assumption people assume because of you know his his body got bigger his head got bigger they just assume those are results from steroids he had to been on the juice
0: and here's my thing, I, and I, you know, there's a lot of great hitters, you know, P. Rose, Tony Gwynn, you know, Ichiro, um, you know, you can go to D- Joe DiMaggio, you can the whole list, everybody. Mm-hmm. I, Griffey, I think uh, I think Barry Bonds, is. If, he might be the greatest baseball player that's ever played. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's got 500-plus stolen bases, 500-plus home runs, 300 career average. I think he might be first or second all-time RBIs and always top five, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about a guy that dominated every statistical category as a hitter in his career, and he didn't get that from taking steroids. I mean, that's my point. You know, I mean, okay, we'll give him the one year he hit 73 home runs. But what people don't realize is he hit those home runs when they were walking him, intentionally walking him three or four times a ball game. He was seeing one pitch a game and hitting a home run and still hit three forty or three fifty that year, some crazy – I mean, he was up for the Triple Crown that yeah. year, seeing, you know, a couple pitches a game. That's incredible, man. You know, I, I think that, you know, now that I go back and think about it, I could think about, you know, that being one of the greatest years in all sports.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it very possibly could be, could be. I mean, um, I remember being glued to the TV. That was the same way as Sammy and McGuire, when they showed every at bat. Um, I mean, it was crazy. Uh, I mean, it was a year I won't forget, man, because it was, it was awesome as a baseball fan to watch him. Uh, it, was, it was a show, man, every night. Mm-hmm. You know, it was awesome hitting those balls in, into the cove, like you was talking about earlier. And people would go out there in freaking kayaks and boats and fight over, a, you know, to get that ball. And um, that was a great time to be a sports fan,
1: for sure. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's kind of like you said, you know, he's getting walked, you know, three times a game. He may only see one, two pitches. Steroids don't help you in one or two no. pitches that you see hit a home run. That's skill. That's talent. Yeah. You know, steroids may add an extra 10 to 20 feet to the end of the yeah. home run where it lands. But yeah. it takes skill to see that ball, you know, to to, to read the pitch. It, it just takes a, a certain level of talent that you don't gain just from taking steroids. He was a great player before they for even – For years. Suspected. For years. Exactly. They, I mean, they yeah. didn't suspect he was taking steroids until he hit 73. Yep, yeah, I agree, man. So, I agree 100%. So, I mean, if if at anything you want to throw something out, throw out the 73. Yeah. You want to question it, just throw it out. He's still a Hall of Famer without that one season. Oh, buff, I mean, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. And I think, it's, I mean,
0: there's no question about it.
1: There was like, I think that you can throw out maybe four or five years when he was there and he was just killing the ball. And his numbers did jump a little bit, but not, I mean, he was still a 300-hitter his whole career. Yes. I mean, you, t- you take three or four years out, you can still say he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean – No doubt. He's, he's one of the best baseball players to, you know, to ever play the game. You're, and you look at him and you look at Pete Rose, you just – it baffles me that you don't want to put him in the Hall of Fame. And I think the one, that, the one that bothers me more would be Pete Rose because there's people that go into the Hall of Fame as managers and there's people that go into the Hall of Fame as players. You don't like him as a manager. Get it. Don't put him in that as one. You cannot deny the greatness of his career for as a player. He's got to agree, man. hundred percent agree. But isn't he's getting pretty close to the last year he can get in, right?
0: Uh very close. Yeah. I know Barry's real close too. Um, so you know, it's gonna be a sad day if they don't make it. I hope eventually you know it you know it changes, man. I just think, you know, you put it in the sports writers' hands to make those votes and you know, some of them are old school and they're biased. Uh, I mean, it's kind of like the same stuff that goes on in the world every day, man. you got people that are on this side and on that side, and you can't change, you know, how they perceive something um, no matter what. And I think that's what's always going to – you know, I think if it was me and you and our generation kind of on that sports writer's vote, you know, I think we would lean more towards eventually putting him in there where I think you'll have those older guys that are never going to – you know, see past the potential of cheating both ways.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing is we're, we're keeping guys out that you don't have proof that they did anything wrong while being a player. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it would be different if the way testing is now and Barry was playing now and yeah. he did get caught and, you know, three strikes, you're out. Then yeah. then you would question his whole career. Yeah. But he's not. He was in a much more lenient Drug no testing, you know, era, no doubt. I mean, if you think about it, you know, we there's plenty of people in the hall of fame that if you really look, you really sat down and looked at it, they were drug addicts, they were drunks. Yep, I mean, look at people who played in the 80s in the NBA, it was known as the, the cocaine 80s.
0: Yeah,
1: and there's guys from the 80s that made it in the NBA that are in the hall of fame, and we're not. We don't question. Oh well, they were, they were on cocaine the whole time, but that's okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, great point. No, well, it's great points. You know, I mean, that's and it that's is. the
1: crazy part about the whole thing. It's, I hate it because you know my dad was a was a Reds fan, uh, so he was you know Pete Rose and Johnny Bench like those guys. Um, but, you know, it sucks because I know he he feels that way, the same way I do about it that he he deserves to be in. He doesn't look yeah. at it from the standpoint of well, he's a cheater. He doesn't deserve to be in. He's, he's kind of on the same thing. If you don't like him as a manager, that's one thing, but to deny him what he's earned as a player, is just unfair. Yep. So. I agree hundred percent, man. So, all right. So the, the last thing we were going to talk about you kind of introduced, you brought yep. it into, into works. You texted me the other night. Uh, we thought it was a great idea. Um, So, I'm going to let you – you got the mic. I'm going to let you start it off. Okay. Well, Brooke had actually brought this up to me one night when
0: we were, uh, you know, feeding the newborn um, at night. Um, I guess on one of the her podcasts she listens to, they do some type of, like, Mount Rushmore of something. So, you know, I kind of gave the turn of the idea. You know, this would be kind of a cool idea. You know, I don't have to be necessarily sports every week. But we could do, you know, like a Mount Rushmore of, you know, something. Um, We try to come up with a different name, but you really can't really change Mount Rushmore. So we're going to kind of stick with that same, you know, that same philosophy, I guess you would say. So this week, our Rushmore question of the week is, can we do our top four rappers of all time? So you want me to
1: lead it off? Well, here's what I want to know. Is this this kind of like when we do our top five, greatest whatevers, mm-hmm. is this what we perceive for us to be this? Yes. It's not yes, what well, – This is, is my Mount Rushmore rapper. Okay.
0: This is my Mount Rushmore of rap. That's how I'm doing this.
1: Okay. I just wanted to you make You go good sure. with that? I'm, I'm 100%, with that? 100%. I'm okay. 100%. All
0: right. So, I like my four a lot. Okay.
1: Are you um, – okay, are you just giving your top four are you going to rank them one through four? As I'm going to go four to one. Rushmore. I'm going to go four to one. Okay. Okay. So, number four, I got Drake.
0: Okay. Okay. My four and three were close. Um, and, I, and now saying this, I, I could honestly move my three up. Because I, I think he's the most underappreciated rapper in my eyes of all time. I, I really do believe this. So, my number three is Ludacris. Ooh, okay. Lud has been on so many great songs. So many... So many great albums, and I just feel like he's one of those guys that kind of gets overlooked when people talk about, you know, kind of the greatest rappers of all time.
1: Okay. So he's
0: my number three. My number two is Eminem.
1: I have a feeling I know who number one is. I thought you were going to go with Eminem for one, but. No. Number one, without a doubt, is Lil Wayne and Miles. Okay.
0: Um, you know, I grew up with that era of Eminem and Lil Wayne, And, you know, saying this, I think they're 1A, 1B for me kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like we talked about earlier. I remember when, you know, Lil Wayne and Eminem did their, you know, Drop the World song. I remember when it came out, how big of a hit it was. And then they did, I think it was No Love. Mm -hmm. Um, Like that was just one of those cool crossover, you know, uh, collaboration between two of the greatest rappers. It was kind of one of those cool moments in history kind of thing, but. Um, you know, I couldn't. I can't deny that Lil Wayne's, you know, my favorite, you know, rapper by far.
1: All right. I, I had a, I knew who your one and two were going to be, just didn't know that you were going to go in that order. That's how – they're close. Trust me, they're real close.
0: Love them both. Um, it can flip-flop every day, but, you know, Lil Wayne, as of today and for a long time, has been my favorite. All right. Well, that's, that's a
1: solid four. That's a tough one. I feel like it is. So, mine, number four, is going to be T.I. Whoo, Wow. I'm I like a, it. I'm a huge T.I. fan. Uh, and I like it. He's probably my favorite rapper of all time, but I'm, I'm basing this off of my top four and career, you know, gotcha. constant, you know, great content. Gotcha. Okay. Then it's going to be Eminem. Mm-hmm then Lil Wayne, mm-hmm. and then Tupac. Okay, I like it. See, I'm one of
0: those guys, you know, I feel like a lot of people would have Biggie and Tupac in their top four, mm-hmm. but I was one of those that never really listened to, you know, Tupac or Biggie. I mean, just, I know they're famous songs, you know, but I can't sit here and say I listened to, you know, I remember listening to Lil Wayne when he had his, you know, the boys group, the Hot Boys, whatever they were, back in the yeah. day when he was like, 11 12 13 years old you know so <laughs> so that's kind of how I separate myself from you know like Tupac and and Biggie and
1: stuff like that see I I've, I've always I got introduced to Tupac when I was really young and I listened to everything he's ever put out um I even listened to the one where they um they took some of his lyrics and put them on different songs they tried to do a collab yeah. between him and Biggie yeah. listen to, I mean I've heard all of them um and it was saying I could easily make an argument for Lil Wayne being number one mm-hmm. if we can eliminate some of his new stuff. Yeah, I can I understand. If you can give me like Lil Wayne from twenty twelve back Yeah. When we were in like that's by far the best. It's not even close. He put out his mixtapes were a thousand times better than even his albums he put out. Yeah. So good.
0: I'm gonna say that no, I'm I'll always say this. No ceilings is the greatest rap album mixtape ever, I think. See, That's where he had, like, ice cream ice cream paint job on there. And he did all those, you know, uh, the Dream song with, you know, had Beyonce and all them in it. Uh, that was – I love that one, man.
1: Love that one. So, he he also had, uh, like, the Droughts Over. Yep. Uh, and he had, like, four or five of those, maybe six albums on that one. Yeah. I mean, it was just – he had so many good ones, and he put out so much – He's kind of like he was like um, I feel like Drake took a lot of stuff from him in the sense of Drake puts out or was putting out so much stuff he would put out a new album and then like a brand new mixtape in the same month. Yeah, yeah. Early on, so yeah, like that was. And granted, it kind of helps when you're signed by Lil Wayne, Um, no doubt. You know, that's another thing Lil Wayne's done. He's also brought in a lot of good talent. Yes, under him. Not a big Nicki Minaj fan. But she's huge. I mean, she's big time. I mean, so yeah, he's done a pretty good job of that. So, yeah, that's I'm really, I'm really excited about this, um, this segment because I feel Me like it, it could get really good. It makes it a little tougher because you know, most people do a top five. Yeah, the top four makes it a little bit harder because you're going to really struggle on number four, whether you like four or five better. Yeah. Um, because I, I probably have four other guys that I, I enjoy listening to. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, yeah. I think we're definitely going to get some feedback on this for not having one Biggie in either one of our fours. 100%. I'm going to say neither one of us
1: having Jay-Z. But those two – Who for, was close for me. Yeah, those two are both close for me. I also – I'm a big fan of uh, Jeezy. Yes. So, he sits on it. You know, I, and I, you know, you can put Luda in my group of they just are off of it. If I made a top ten, it would be a lot easier.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. just saying – you know, here's my thing, like <laughs> I was telling you earlier. When you go back and think about, this is what I think about too, like when you go back and think about Ludacris, he's been on so many great collaborations forever. I mean, I'm I'm talking like some of the best songs that's ever been, you know, put out. And to me, that's, you know, it's kind of like Lil Wayne too. Man, you forget, there's all the time I'll forget that, oh man, I forgot Lil Wayne was even on that song. Yeah. And I think that kind of is where it, that's where I kind of give the edge in my book to Lil Wayne over Eminem is because Eminem's always had great solo stuff, but he's never really had a lot of – he's starting to collab a little bit more now, later on, I think, you know, in, um, in his age, I guess you would say, or yeah. later CDs and stuff. But um,
1: his, his collabs now are almost better than some of the stuff he does on his album.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think he just never did do that early on. Yeah. And I think that would have been – you know, I think that's where Little Wayne got so big. Was he was featured on so many great remixes and songs, and he jumped on everybody. That was, yeah. I mean, there was a stretch for two or three years there where every single big hit featured Lil Wayne, even if he said 10 words. Yeah. I mean, it was always, he was on every song. You know, Lollipop was, I remember when Lollipop come out, man, it was like, (laughs) like, but it was, that was like the first song I remember that was like one of those worldwide, like, it was like Usher's, yeah. Like, everywhere you went, that song was – I mean, everybody played that song. Yeah. Like, there was nobody that didn't play that song. I think it has, like, how many billion views on YouTube, and it's how many years old. You know I mean? It's just kind of one of those songs that, you know, everybody remembers and knows. And that's kind of how I look at my artist, I guess you would say. Yeah.
1: And he was – I'd say he was probably one of the the first that really put together really good music videos. Granted, those have died – now, like, yes. you know, I mean, I don't know if they even still do them, but he used to put together some great ones, like uh, Go DJ. Yeah. Uh, Iron Man. Like those, I mean, just some great music videos. Um, yeah. You know, nobody does that anymore. Now, Eminem would always put some, like, crazy ones together, too. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Lil Wayne, was he was revolutionary in that scene. Yeah, I agree. I he, agree. He, he, you know,
0: especially for our generation. I don't want to take away from the biggies and the Tupac because I know there's going to be people saying – well, you know, Lil Wayne, you know, whatever. But in our generation, mm-hmm. you know, Lil Wayne changed. Him and Eminem, there's no denying they're the two, I would think, in our generation of, of music that, especially rap, that they changed everything there, you know, was about it. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't have had 50 Cent without Eminem. Mm-hmm. You never would have had Drake without Lil Wayne. You never would have had Nicki Minaj without Lil Wayne. I mean, there's just so many, you know, T-Pain wouldn't have been T-Pain without Lil Wayne, I don't think. Yeah. You know, I think T-Pain would have still been successful, but that merge they had there for a year and a half, you know, I think that changed T-Pain's career too, you know. Yeah, I mean, it definitely
1: so, it opened that door for him and kind of helped him make a few million while he was, you know, singing and dancing. I mean, you got to think about this, dude. Lil Wayne
0: had a number one song in jail, maybe two number ones. Him and Drake had that song together, whatever it was called, and Lil Wayne's doing the video. And doing the stuff from jail, and Drake's the only one in the video. I mean, that's just like stuff you never. I mean, you know, it's just one of those things where, like you said, he revolutionized, you know, the, you know, the genre for, especially our generation. I think, you know,
1: yeah.
0: I mean, there's kids nowadays when I'm coaching, they don't even know who, don't even remember. They know Little Wayne from the Carter Five, or, or this new stuff he has. Which to me, I still like some of, it, but I know like it's different. It's all, you know that wherever you call it the voice now where he's
1: the mumble where they do huh mumble
0: rap yeah but it's all like auto tune too yeah like alien you know back man there was nothing better than just little wayne just on stupid noises he would make and songs (laughs) and yeah man it was just how it was man you knew he'd put that lighter on you knew little wayne was coming on a song you know dude so i mean which i thought was cool
1: yeah i was gonna say like, like i said that him and Eminem they they not only changed the game themselves as, as musicians, they brought in some some great talent that's had great careers. Yep. You got to think about it. You don't have – it like you said, you don't have Eminem, you don't have 50 Cent. 50 Cent put out one of the greatest albums of all time. No doubt. So, you know, that kind of – and then he, 50 Cent was able to bring on some other rappers, you know, with G-Unit. You know, he found the game. Yeah. They put the game t- on that. Um, you know, I just – this was I, – I love this idea, the, the top four, because you get to branch off and talk about all the great things they did. Yeah, You're I agree. Follow. So I like it. So next week's – what are we doing next week? Best comedians? Top four comedians? Yes. Oof. That's a tough I one. I like it. That's a tough one. How I are we going to do it? Are we going to do it based on their movies, or are we doing it stand-up comedians? Well, I was going to do a little bit of both. Okay. Because I feel like that was be not, tough
0: because I'm not going to say I'm a very stand-up – you know, Kevin. outside of Kevin Hart, people like – I mean, I know that, like, Adam Sandler did that, and I know that Kevin – you know, I know who did it, Chris Rock and all that stuff. But I'm probably going to lean more towards the – who I think movie-wise. Because a lot of those guys had stand-up careers, too.
1: Yeah. You
0: know. I'm not going to have Howie Mandel <laughs> on my Mount Rushmore of comedians.
1: So stand-up. Like- because if you're talking just stand-up, you know, you have to put Eddie Murphy up there. No doubt. But if you're talking movies, I don't – Eddie Murphy's kind of falling off on good comedies. He doesn't make a yeah, lot of good but movies. He, but he's had some great ones. He has had some great ones. But his stand-ups are legendary. Like, you could yeah. – he's probably number one if you're just talking yeah. stand-ups. So, yeah, yeah I, I could definitely put together – I'd probably put together – be able to put together two, like, top fours, you know, stand-up and then movie-wise. Is, yeah. And none of them are the same. Yeah. I could probably do that. So, yeah, we'll just all right. Let's stick to just movies. Yeah, I like it. Just movies. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. Well, that's uh, that's all we got for you today. Uh, episode thirteen. Appreciate everybody giving us a listen. We'll have the uh, we'll have the video up on Facebook probably shortly after we get done on here, and then we'll have the link for uh, our Apple uh, podcast link up probably just a little bit after that. Um. Like I said, appreciate everybody giving us a listen. Toddy, do you have anything else? No, uh, great show. It's
0: crazy. We've already done 13. It is. I think it's pretty cool. You know, in fact, we appreciate everybody, you know, viewing and listening. You know, I've had a lot of people that, you know, I mean, it's not a huge number of people that listen or watch, I would say. But, you know, I've had quite a few people text me or see me and say, man, you know, we like listen to the show every now and then. It's cool. It's fun. So, I mean, that's what it's all about. I and mean, that's all we're trying to do is, you know, give everybody a little bit of, Laughter, a little bit of something to argue with us about, like they always do. Wagers, you know. So, uh, you know, it's. I, I look forward to it. You know, doing it every every other day. So,
1: I would say, Grunty, really appreciate it. Grundy referred to it as the new Dan Lebitard show <laughs> from ESPN. He said it's what we're turning into. <laughs> so,
0: like I said, we're in.
1: Yeah, and, and that's the thing that's been great for us, uh, or especially for me, just the people that have come on. They yeah. enjoy it so much. They, like, Grundy has always asked me, hey, if you ever need me, do you ever need me? I'll come on. I'll come on. Yeah. I'll Like, he loves being on because he finds so much enjoyment in it. The people that we've, we've had great guests come on who yeah. we've had either – I've had guests request to come back or had people say, hey, you need to bring them back on so you can talk about this, this, and this. You know, I had um, a guy who's, who's an AD and a ref, you know, asked me about bringing somebody on, a coach on, and to talk about certain stories like people are constantly messaging me you know with suggestions about you should bring this person on and talk to them about this you'll get a good laugh out of it and like I said people love it that that I've talked to um you know I have I have friends that give me very honest opinions who will either they love it or they complain about certain spots and it's usually because they don't like our top five or ten <laughs> Which is fine. Yeah, which is fine because we, we give our top five and top ten. I don't really care how my friends feel about it. We're just going to ask for you not to protest us, please, if yep. you don't like our top fives. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> listen, like, like we said, we're, we're trying to get to the point where you can't really get us canceled. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. We're just here so we don't get fined. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, like I said, we uh, <laughs> just want to thank everybody for giving us a listen today. We appreciate it. Y'all have a good day. Enjoy your weekend. Stay safe.